Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Hey, that's the last part of Christmas you'll hear about because we're in Exodus chapter 30. Turn there if you will. Exodus chapter 30. Uh, it's been kind of random for me, um, and I, I was preparing for the sermon, and then I was thinking, is this even where we're at in Exodus? Anyway, uh, Exodus chapter 30, uh, let's look at verse number 22. Uh, and of course, God's instructing them uh, about the tabernacle, and then uh, they'll be constructing uh, the tabernacle. They're uh, going now with the instruction for from the inside out, and then uh, you're going to see it shift when there's a construction up uh, from the outside in. But, but this is kind of a in-between part because uh, now that they've heard about the construction, now there's an anointing, anointing. That, that tabernacle that's going to be built, boy, I want you to anoint. I want you to anoint. Look at it, verse 22. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices, verse 23, of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, uh, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, and of the, the shekel of the sanctuary, after the sexual, uh, you know what it says. Uh, after the shekel of the sanctuary, she shall see shells down by the, anyway, uh, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive, and hen, and thou shalt make it an oil of, say it with me, holy ointment. Say it with me, holy ointment. An ointment compound after the art of the apothecary, and I love that word, after the art of the apothecary, it shall be, and say it again, holy anointing oil, and thou shalt anoint. Thou shalt anoint. Uh, understand the first layer that's anointed are the items that were constructed. Look at it, the items themselves. Thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table, and all his vessels, and the candlestick, and all his vessels, and uh, the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offering, that's the, the uh, uh, brazen altar with uh, all of his vessels and the labor. We talked about the labor last week where the mirrors were given by the women. We talked a lot about uh, the priority there. And the labor and his foot, uh, all of those, anoint with oil. And thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy and thou shalt anoint. By the way, uh, the, the imperatives are anoint those, anoint those. There's a whole lot of informational verses talking about uh, how to or with what do we anoint, but the imperatives are thou shalt uh, anoint, uh, and it gives all of those items that were constructed. And then verse number 30, again, that imperative, and thou shalt uh, anoint. But, but here, uh, it's not the items, it's the offices, the people, the priests. Look at it. Uh, and thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons. Once you're done there, anointing. Uh, now Aaron and his sons, uh, and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Uh, and thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an, say it with me, holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon men's flesh shall it be poured. Neither shall ye make any other like it uh, after the composition of it. It is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Uh, I do think it's interesting that the items, the items, many anointed uh, items, and we talked about that furniture that we've al already uh, spent time talking about. Now, uh, it's not just anointed items, it's anointed offices. In fact, uh, in the Old Testament, there's three offices, if you want to write it down, that were anointed offices. Uh, it's the prophet, the priest, 
and the king. Anointed offices. Uh, anointed offices. The prophet, the priest, uh, and the king. And for the king, a good example of that is Samuel and David. When Samuel came and uh, was going to anoint uh, one of the sons of Jesse, and he went through the whole line. Of course, David's keeping sheep, and uh, do you have any other sons? And in Jesse's mind, he's too small, he's too young, he's uh, not the option. And of course, uh, God seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, God looketh on the heart. Boy, and then Samuel anointed him, anointed him, king, king, king's being anointed. Uh, you also see in First Kings chapter 19, Elijah uh, when the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint, uh, anoint David. We talked about that. And now, uh, anoint Hazel to be king, king uh, over Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint, anoint to be king. Uh, and so those three offices, the prophet, priest, king, uh, is our anointed offices over Israel. And then, uh, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, uh, shalt thou anoint to be prophet. And so... Uh, those anointed offices are prophet, prophet, uh, priest, king. Talked about the prophet uh, Elisha anointed. And then uh, the kings, Hazel, Jehu, David, uh, anointed. And now here in our passage, boy, we have a very first-person account of the high priest and the priests being anointed for the work of the Lord. In fact, look at chapter 29, uh, and you'll see it. Uh, uh, being played out a little more directly. 29, 5, verse 5. And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat. We've talked about all of these. And the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate. And gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod. I already talked about that. And thou shalt put on, uh, on him the mitre upon his head. Uh, put on the holy crown upon the mitre. Then shalt thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. The anointing oil. And so... Uh, we have the anointing of uh, the prophet, Elisha, talked about that. There's others. Uh, and then the king, David and Hazel, and then uh, uh, Jehu. Uh, but then uh, the priest, the priest, we see it quite directly played out here. Uh, by the way, the only person that's ever occupied all three offices is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, he is our prophet. Uh, a prophet like unto Moses shall God raise up. He is that prophet. Uh, is that the prophet that, that should come? Is that that prophet? And, and so he's the prophet. He's our prophet. He's the priest. He's our, our high priest. And he's the king. He's the king of kings. And so uh, just like those Old Testament, Christ was anointed all three of those offices, Hebrews chapter 1. But under the sun, he saith, thy throne, O God, Jesus Christ is God, the, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed, there it is, anointed thee with the oil. The oil, anointed thee with the, the oil. And of course, uh, oil throughout the entire Bible is always a picture of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a type of uh, the Holy Spirit uh, of God. Uh, God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And of course, uh, Christ uh, in the temple said in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit uh, of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. And of course, quoting Isaiah, uh, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And so uh, our high priest, our prophet, our king of kings, uh, all of this pointing to him. Uh, God giveth not, John chapter 3, God giveth not the Spirit by measure 
unto him. It's poured out on him, Christ. Uh, it's not just the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of Christ. Spirit of Christ. Uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Poured out, full, overflowing. Uh, in fact, Acts chapter 10. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, on the side, Christ's anointing was unlike anybody's anointing in the Old Testament. Uh, Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on them. New Testament, uh, the Holy Spirit for Christ dwelt in him, came upon him, abode, remained in him. Uh, you, think about Samson where the Spirit came on him, did something great, and then, of course, he's a mess, and so uh, the Spirit departed from him. And then later on, the Spirit came on him, and, and you'll see at Old Testament where uh, they're not necessarily indwelt with, they're not sealed by, uh, as much as the Holy Spirit on, depart, on, depart. Uh, and, of course, that's why John the Baptist uh, identified in verse 32, John 1, I, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, uh, and it abode upon him. I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and abiding. And so this is unlike what they'd seen before. Even though all of those types point to him, uh, John the Baptist said, upon whom you see the Spirit um, uh, descending and remaining and remaining and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And so uh, unlike the Old Testament where the Spirit on temporarily, uh, different than that, the Spirit's in permanently. Uh, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, remaining, descending, remaining. Uh, by the way, that's quite literally what the name Christ means, the anointed one, the anointed one. Filled, full, overflowing, Holy Spirit uh, of God poured out upon him. And someone would say, okay, pastor, I get that. You're talking about the Old Testament uh, prophet, priest, king, and then the New Testament, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But how does that play out for us? I love the fact that Revelation chapter 1, verse number, I think it's 6, says, He hath made us kings and priests unto our God. And so, prophet, priest, king. Uh, in fact, look at your text. Look at verse number 30. It's not just Aaron, the high priest, Christ, our high priest, it's not just him. Look at 30. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and his sons, and consecrate them that they may minister unto me. Uh, I'm always a little surprised. Okay, Aaron, I get it. He's the brother of Moses, but and his sons, and his sons. Uh, uh, anoint them, consecrate them. I'm always surprised that, that God would include us. Uh, and the fact that God includes us mandates for us that the only thing we'll ever do for him will be done by the Holy Spirit of God through us. And so his sons, them, they, uh, it's his sons, the children of God. Uh, and, and just kind of as a, a preface to all of this, um, uh, there's... Different groups will have different wordings and verbiage uh, about um, the baptism, the anointing, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. And so uh, just kind of doing some doctrinal business before we get into the text, uh, just to help you frame it in your mind, put down number one, if you will, underneath this, uh, 
Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place at salvation. The baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place at salvation. 1 Corinthians 12, For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, the church, the church, the body of Christ. He's the head of the body, the church, uh, who uh, by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether by the Jews we be Jews or Gentile, whether we bond or free. Uh, We have all been made to drink of one Spirit. And so... Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place at salvation. Next blank. At that time, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, sealed uh, with the Holy Spirit of God. Second Corinthians 1. Who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Ephesians 1. In whom also, after that, you believe. That's when we're uh, baptized. We believe. We're saved. We're baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, uh, after that, you believe. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 4. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day uh, of redemption. And so uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place at salvation. Uh, at that time, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, which basically means we don't get more and less of the Holy Spirit of God. We're already sealed by him already indwelt with the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, the phrasing should be, he gets more and less of us. If we withhold an area of our life, we're not filled. We're not filled. In fact, put down number three, if you will. There remains a filling of the Holy Spirit. A filling. It's not the Holy Spirit outside of us uh, landing upon us temporarily like the Old Testament. Uh, If you're saved, you're already uh, baptized with and sealed by Uh, The filling of the Holy Spirit of God uh, basically is connected also to the yielding. You are yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, When I yield, Ephesians chapter 5, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled, be filled, be filled. Let every area of your life, well, I'll give them my Sundays, but I'm not going to give them my Monday through Saturdays. Well, your Mondays through Saturdays aren't going to be filled. Your Sunday will be filled, but you're not going to be filled full with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, okay, I'll give him my, my, um, uh, my uh, devotional time, but I'm not going to give him my entertainment. I'll give him my devotional time, but I'm not going to give him uh, what I watch on TV. Hey, that's mine. That's his. That's mine. It's almost like uh, a visitor in your house having access to your living room. Uh, okay, you can also have access to the kitchen. But, but no, no, not, not that room over there. You can't have access to that room over there. Uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God is connected to our yielding, our yielding. As I yield my mind to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit fills that area of my life. As I yield my entertainment, he fills. As I yield my personality, as I yield my, my ministry, boy, as I yield, it's filled. I yield those areas God fills those areas, and so salvation is a prerequisite uh, to, being seal- to being sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, uh, and yielding would be a prerequisite to being filled full with the Holy Spirit of God. Is everybody with me so far? Um, uh, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form, without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit moved upon the face of the dark. The Spirit, the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. Well, it started out without form, without void. Uh, It was the Spirit of God. And, of course, after that, God said, let there be light. God said, God said, God said. It's the Spirit of God 
and the word of God that makes all the difference in the world that was without form, that, that was void, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, boy, that's where the dynamics of the Christian life is found, the Word of God, the Spirit of God. Uh, and then, of course, on the sixth day, uh, God made man out of the dust of the earth, and man was without form, uh, and man was void, until God breathed into him the breath of life. Where the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God makes all the difference my family is going to be without form and void until I yield my family to the Lord. Uh, my ministry is going to be without form and void until I yield my ministry, my entertainment, my, my extra time, uh, the things that I try to hold back. Uh, it's not until I yield everything to God, uh, and, and then and only then will he fill full. Uh, until then, you're dead because the letter killeth, the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And so... The world was without form and void, and then uh, man was without form and void. How about the nation of Israel? Remember uh, Ezekiel, when God took Ezekiel to that valley that was full uh, of dry bones? Remember how uh, the Bible said they were very many, they were very dry, they were very uh, dead? Uh, Does anybody remember the story? And then Ezekiel prophesied to the bones uh, as he was commanded, and there was a noise, a rumbling, a a shaking. Bones came upon bones and tendons upon tendons, sinews and muscles and skin, but they were still dead. Uh, In fact, I would say that they weren't without form and void. I would say they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And how many Christians, boy, they punch the clock on Sunday morning and they punch the clock when they know the verbiage, they know uh, how to look, they know uh, how to dress, and they're so, so concerned about what people see uh, about them uh, on the outside. They're without form and void. They may have a form of godliness, deny the power thereof. Those bones are still dead uh, until God told him, prophesy to the wind. Uh, Prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the wind, son of man, and say to the wind, breathe upon these slain that they may live. And as he did... God's Spirit filled, God's Spirit gave life, where the Spirit of God and the Word of God together make all the difference in the world. And then he applies it saying, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. And God said, I'll revive you, but it's by way of the Spirit of God uh, and it's by way of the, the Word of God. Those bones were without form or they had a form, but they denied the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also mortify, mortify, uh, let, me, let me read it for you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, quicken uh, your mortal, mortal body, quicken your mortal body by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. And so no matter what our form looks like and our schedule looks like, If we're not yielding and being filled full, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. That's when God quickens and resurrects and makes alive. It's a lot like, uh, if you've been here a while, you've probably seen this illustration before. Uh, My hand filling this glove, um, but the glove uh, is still bound up. The glove still has... Uh, strife and strivings, bitings and devourings, or maybe I'm just holding back an area of my life. You know, I, I, I can still do some things with, with this glove. And by the way, the dead leather that's stitched together 
uh, gets no credit at all. It's the hand inside of that dead leather that's stitched together that gets all the praise, all the honor, all the glory for what's being done. But until I'm filled, I'm not filled with the hand. The glove's not filled full with the hand. There's areas of the glove, well, all this and that, not my finances, or this and that, not my entertainment, or this and that, not my workplace. Uh, Oh, yeah, you can accomplish something, or God can accomplish something through you, but you're going to be limited because it's not filled full. You are not filled full with the Holy Spirit of God. Still making sense? Well, you can be satisfied with a ministry that's without form and dead, or you can be filled full with the Holy Spirit of God. You can be satisfied with a family or a personality that's without form and void, or having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, or, or you can decide to yield, yield every area of your life and say, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. But whatever you have for me, I want you to fill every area of my life. By the way, uh, we talked about uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit at salvation and then uh, the sealing of the Holy Spirit of God, same, at salvation. And then uh, the filling has to do with yielding. Uh, uh, and I do think part of that is unity uh, with other brothers and sisters in Christ or the way you're bound up or or choked off different areas, blessings from the Lord, uh, is when you do have strivings, uh, okay, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit uh, in the bond of peace. And uh, the quickest way to, to lose a, uh, the God working in us or the Holy Spirit filling us, blessing through us, is uh, when there's strife and criticisms and, and disagreements and carnality and, and, and contentions and, uh, and, and speaking evil, speaking evil of no man, uh, was speaking evil. And uh, boy, that's the quickest way to be bound up and tied off. That, that unity is one of those prerequisites to being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Acts chapter 1, uh, there are 120 people, upper room, they were all with one accord. Uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, prophesied of the wind, prophesied of the wind. There came as a sound of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the house where they were sitting, and, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and, and it sat, sat upon each of them, and they were all filled filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, You go through the book of Acts, and you can chronicle uh, the revivals, the miracles, the salvations, almost directly with, were they in one accord? Were they in one accord? Were they in one accord? And by the way, uh, Acts chapter 2, basically, uh, and you say, well, you know, it seemed like it was so much different then. Uh, It was a common event that happened in an uncommon way. It's an ordinary event that happened in an extraordinary way because Acts chapter 2 is the birthing of the church. The birthing of the church. When he ascended up on high, that's when he gave gifts to men. The gifting of the Holy Spirit of God does not come until the Holy Spirit of God. And he said, uh, uh, as long as I'm with you, you're not going to receive the Holy Spirit uh, if I abide. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. And so he ascended, he went away. That's when the Holy Spirit came. Uh, and so this event that happens now, uh, anytime someone gets saved, that event happens. 
Anytime someone gets saved, baptized, sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. But here, because it's the first time, uh, it's an ordinary event that happened in an extraordinary uh, way. Uh, I like Ephesians chapter 4 when it says, uh, and he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers uh, for uh, the perfecting of the saints, for uh, the work of the ministry, for uh, the edifying of the body of Christ. That's the church. That's the church. Uh, and he gave these gifts, these gifted men, the giftings. But listen, you don't have the gifting of the Holy Spirit until the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is given. Uh, and the Holy Spirit was not given in that way uh, until Christ ascended, chapter 1, the Holy Spirit given uh, in chapter 2. Is, is everybody still with me? Uh, and so if you have disunity and you have bickering and biting and devouring and fighting and contention and criticism and, uh, well, I don't agree with this, or I don't uh, agree with that, well, I don't think they're doing right, and, well, what about that? And well, if you have that kind of a spirit, okay, let me, let me uh, say it for you very clearly. Uh, if you're not unified with a brother, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not unified with your brothers, sisters, you will not be. You are not filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, right up here, right up here. Matthew chapter 18, I think a lot of times, um, is misconstrued. Okay, it starts out talking about the body, talking about the body. If thy eye be evil, uh, cut it out. Better to uh, enter heaven uh, uh, blind than, uh, okay, you know the part. Um, uh, the body, the body, boy, remove it from the body. It's all talking about the unity of the body. Uh, and then it goes into church discipline, Matthew chapter 18, when it talks about uh, getting offenses right with brothers and making sure that, that there's a clean spirit this way. Uh, and then where it's misconstrued is Matthew 18, 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind in earth shall be bound in heaven. Well, if you're bound up and we're, we're tight and we don't have that free-flowing conversation, we're just, boy, I don't like him, he doesn't like me, I criticize him, he criticizes me. Whatsoever is bound on earth uh, is bound in heaven. But whatsoever is loosed on earth, boy, if you end up uh, getting unbound, whatsoever is loosed on earth, and then uh, all of a sudden I'm having unity with brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I'm not criticizing. I'm not biting and devouring. Uh, whatsoever is loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree uh, on earth as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And I propose this isn't about Pete and I deciding that uh, well, I want to get Harley Davidson, pray with me, uh, and then we'll both pray, uh, and then someone will just give me it. Uh, or Pete says, I want a job where I don't have to work. I want to make this money. Okay, let's, let's agree on that. Uh, no, this is talking more about that contention, that being tied up, that being choked off, uh, and because of that, uh, not filled with the Holy Spirit of God. If a family is bound up in their spirit, it, it binds up, it limits, it chokes off. You're not filled with uh, the Holy Spirit, but when the family's in agreement, uh, that love for brothers and sisters in Christ, that unity, uh, all of a sudden, uh, there's a, a freedom for uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is liberty, okay? Uh, and so, uh, uh, eventually, I'm going to uh, have you fill in your outline, but uh, let me give you one more, Psalm 133, and this ties back to our, to our uh, text. Psalm 133, verse number 2. Uh, it's like the precious ointment oil, that holy ointment, that holy anointing. Uh, it's like the precious ointment upon the head 
that ran down upon the beard. Here it is, even Aaron's beard. It's referencing Exodus chapter 30, Exodus chapter 29. Uh, Aaron, the high priest, and his sons, and his sons. Okay, look at it. Uh, it's like the precious ointment oil upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the body, the skirts of his garments. And of course, describing Aaron, the high priest, that oil overflowing his head all the way down. Beard, skirts of his garment. Uh, and for us, our head, our head is the head of the body is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the body is the church of God. Uh, and so the head of the body is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's filled with the spirit without measure without measure, filled, overflowing uh, above his fellows. And as we're in unity, as we're in unity, boy, that Holy Spirit poured out our high priest upon the kings and priests. Boy, we need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit of God, bathed with the Spirit of God. We need to be empowered by the Spirit of God. But if there's schisms or disunity or uh, members that are detached, not in harmony, Boy, that's where uh, uh, part of the body, the body is choked off. That's where uh, it's limited. And you say, well, uh, where does it say that in that verse? Um, verse number one, before Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, that's us, to dwell together in unity. And, of course, Ephesians, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, unity of the Spirit, and the bond of peace. Uh, it is like precious ointment upon the head, Christ is our head, the head of the body, that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. Let me say again, if you are not unified with your brothers and sisters, you are not filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Acts says it. Matthew 18 says it. Psalm 133 teaches it. How about uh, Ephesians chapter 5 where it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with... But be filled, be filled, and then it goes to give relational requirements or at least relationship characteristics of someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, husbands, love your wives, unified body. Wives, follow your husbands, unified body. Children, obey your parents, unified body. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, unified body. Employees, submit to your employers, unified body, unified body. Christians must be in harmony. Brothers must dwell together. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, of course, uh, the gifting is the Holy Spirit of God, chapter 12, uh, and then the love chapter, and then chapter 14, gifting is the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, uh, but, but understand, it's also talking about unity, things being done decently and in order, uh, while people were selfishly, self-servingly trying to do their own thing. Dissensions, verse 24, but if all prophesy, all unity, harmony, uh, if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all. Um, I, I hate to say it here because it's kind of self-serving, but um, I think way too much pressure is put on the preacher who's preaching when the ownness falls on all of us being unified together uh, as the service is happening. You ever go into a place and you can tell they've just been fighting? Boy, it's a tight spirit, but just a tight. Uh, maybe this isn't a good time. Yeah, you ever been there with one of those things? And uh, I'll come back later. Uh, why? Because those fingers were bound up and choked off, and uh, there was dissension there. 
Uh, but here it says, but if all prophesy unity, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so falling down on his face, worshiping God, and report that God is in you, God is in you. Uh, why? Because there's unity uh, in the body, the Holy Spirit uh, empowering but it's only when the church is in harmony. Again, uh, if you're not unified with a brother or a sister, you will not be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, by the way, uh, if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, same context, uh, that's where it talks about grieving the Holy Spirit of God by choking off, uh, cutting off, uh, not being filled uh, with the Holy Spirit of God, uh, grieving the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, the verse before it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. The verse after it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from me with all malice, and be ye kind one to another. And so uh, I don't know that I can uh, prove any more thoroughly that uh, uh, our, our relationship this way affects our relationship this way. Uh, our harmony this way uh, affects the Holy Spirit of God empowering uh, this way. And so with all of that said, put down point number one. Okay, we've got to get busy. got to hurry. Um, point number one, how do you know if you're filled with the Spirit of God? How do you know if a place has uh, the anointing, has the filling, has the Holy Spirit of God working through them? Uh, their personality, put down... It's sweet, not sour. It's sweet, not sour. Well, how do I know? How do I know if, uh, if uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit is upon that person or upon that ministry or upon that place? Well, it's going to be a place that's sweet, not a place that's sour. Say that with me. It's going to be a place that's sweet, not a place that's sour. Okay? Uh, let's look at it. Verse 23 in our text. Take thou also unto the principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 chuckles, and of sweet, 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 sweet cinnamon. Half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet, sweet, sweet calamus, 250 shekels, verse 34. Uh, and the Lord said unto Moses, take unto these sweet spices, and a bunch that I can't pronounce, uh, those sweet spices with pure frankincense of each other be like way, uh, and thou shalt make it to a perfume. Sweet, sweet, sweet. If a place is known more for what it's against rather than what it's for, it's probably not filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Well, we're against that and that and that and that. Um, uh, you ever see those tracks that uh, uh, fighting, anti, against, and we're, that's wrong and, and, and bad? And uh, if, if the, the spirit of the place is that kind of spirit, well, you may want to step back and say, I'm not sure that that place, that person, that ministry is full, is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I'm not really sure. By the flesh, they may be accomplishing a lot in the flesh, uh, but, but, but if they're that sour, uh, it's not the Spirit of God that's accomplishing what's being accomplished. Uh, by the way, our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the most part, was the sweetest person to ever walk uh, the planet uh, which in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 9, the Holy Spirit is called the oil of gladness. 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 Uh, Acts chapter 10, Christ himself, uh, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power, who went about doing good. 
He went about doing good uh, and healing all that were oppressed. And the ones he came down on were the ones who were religiously proud, the ones who were religiously precluding others, the Pharisaism and the money changers on the temple. Hey, those were the ones, uh, the, the, the ones that were hurting, uh, the ones that were caught in sin. Well, he lifted up, he blessed, he encouraged, sweet, sweet. A spirit-filled person will have a sweet personality. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is sweet, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Boy, that's the fruit, a sign that uh, the Spirit is working, sweet, not sour, as opposed to Galatians 5. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, it's sour, verse 20, hatred, wrath, strife, 21, envies, revelings, and such like. And so the personality of that person, ministry, place. But you want to know whether the Spirit of God is working, the Spirit of God is ministering. Is it sweet or is it sour? Is it sweet or is it sour? Because if you have bitter envyings and strife in your hearts, sour, glory not, nor lie against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. Well, it may have some wisdom to it, but it's not heavenly wisdom. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, devilish. It's definitely not from the Holy Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5, love thy neighbor as thyself, sweet. But if I bite and devour, if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another, sour. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so it's a self-test. Boy, am I filled full, or am I choking off? Am I binding up? Or am I filled full with the Holy Spirit of God? Personality, uh, am I sweet or am I sour? Put down number two quickly. The purpose. The purpose of it is it's sanctified. It's not selfish. It's sanctified for God's work. Sanctified, not selfish. And sanctified basically means set apart. Look at verse number 29. Verse 29. And thou shalt sanctify, set apart, set apart them, that they may be most holy, still set apart, uh, set apart, same basic root, root word, holy, as sanctified. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy, and thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate, set them apart, consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Look at 25. And thou shalt make it that anointing oil of holy ointment, and ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy, set apart, set apart, sanctified, not selfish. By the way, it does not mean perfect. Someone who's baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, a Christian, someone who's sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit of God because they're yielding to, their, their, there's a unity there. That doesn't mean they're perfect, but they are set apart for God's work. Uh, you may work a secular uh, 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 job, but you're still set apart. You're to be a light. Let your light so shine among men. They may see your good works. Glorify your Father. You're set apart. You're consecrated. Uh, this piano uh, was set apart for God's work. Um, probably um, it was purchased. Uh, Charlie Stringfellow donated it when we moved into that auditorium. So it must have been 19 years ago. Um, and day one, it was sanctified. It's holy. It's set apart uh, to... Uh, bring worship and honor and praise to to lead us in our worship and praise to the Lord. Boy, it's sanctified, it's set apart, 
Uh, would you believe me if I told you there were scratches on it if you look close enough? Uh, we have to retune that thing. It seems like every other month because uh, between Scott Winter and Robert Lopez, it gets beat to death. But anyway, um, it, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it's sanctified. Uh, we're not going to have jazz or even classical type concerts because, and those, those aren't bad things. Those aren't bad things. But this is sanctified for God. This is set apart for God. This is holy, set apart uh, to glorify God. Uh, and, and, and some of those things, uh, I, I can take you to someone who uh, is incredibly gifted. God has blessed them incredibly. Um, and for a time, God used them uh, in a great way in his work for his kingdom. But somewhere along the line, they decided that their giftings was to make them money and to give them a more luxurious and to make them selfish, 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 selfish. They've misappropriated why they were gifted by God in the first place. Well, it's sanctified. It's sanctified. It is not selfish. We're going to see this next chapter uh, in Ezekiel chapter 31 when God said, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the, the son of Hur, uh, of the tribe of Judah. Uh, I've called him by name, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Well, uh, he must be a preacher then. He must be a, a someone, an evangelist then. No, I, I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and silver and brass, cutting of stones to set them and carry timber to work in all manner of workmanship. All of that had to do with the house of God, the tabernacle. Hey, I have no doubt that he used them to maybe frame out his own house and uh, to beautify his own residence, but I have no doubt, first and foremost, his giftings were used for the glory of God. And so the purpose, the purpose, that's why uh, verse 32, after the composition of it, it is holy. It shall be holy unto you. 37, and as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves, according to the composition thereof, it shall be unto thee holy for the Lord, not for uh, yourself. Let me give you number three. We're done. We're, we're running out of time. Uh, number one, self-test again. Okay. Um, am I baptized in the Holy Spirit? Uh, if I'm saved, I've been baptized into one body by the Spirit of God. Uh, am I sealed with the Holy Spirit? If I'm saved, I am baptized. I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, am I filled? Am I filled or am I still holding back? Well, my finances, I'm not going to tithe. And my finances, Christmas offering for the Lord. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll still be here and I'll still sing and I'll still, uh, or my entertainment or, or that, that unsaved guy that I'm courting. I'm going I'm to do what I want to do. It's my life. And boy, all we're doing is limiting. We're grieving. We're quenching the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit of God is still in you as a child of God, but he doesn't have all of you. He's still in you, but he does not have all of you. And so the self-test, personality, uh, is my personality sweet or sour? The purpose, uh, the, the Holy Spirit of God, that anointing, that oil anointing, sanctified for God's work, not self-serving, not selfish motives. And then lastly, put down number three, the purity, it's spiritual, not sinful. Or put down, it's spiritual, not carnal carnal uh, look at verse number 32 upon man's flesh shall it not be poured upon man's flesh in fact christ will say it's the spirit that quickeneth the flesh the flesh
carnal, carnal, fleshly, one of the same, carnal, fleshly, self-serving, um, one of the same, Romans 8, walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally, fleshly minded, death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, if I'm doing it out of spite, if I'm doing it out of jealousy, if I'm doing it out of envy, if my motives are carnal, I am not pleasing God. But if I'm yielding to him and, and allowing him to fill and direct and guide and work through me, uh, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Galatians 5, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another. D.L. Moody uh, was asked one time about his ministry, about God's blessings uh, on his ministry, and of course he uh, went down this line, and, and someone uh, said, well, uh, how do I get rid of my sin so the Holy Spirit of God will fill me? How do I, how do I uh, uh, get rid of that so I can gain this? Uh, and, and Moody started to talk about, you're starting in the wrong place. Uh, it's a lot like Paul. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, separated unto, that's Romans 1.1, 1, 1, separated unto, that's the primary. It doesn't say primarily. Yes, there's things we're separated from, but our heart's drive should be we're separated to the gospel of God. Uh, and so D.L. Moody was explaining that, man, if your focus is on the Lord, your focus won't be on the world. Uh, if you're walking in the Spirit, you will not be walking. You won't be walking uh, in the flesh. And uh, the way he illustrated it was uh, a glass. And he, uh, this one here is a Rosedale Baptist School glass. Jeremy, I did this. because Anyway, uh, Rosedale Baptist School uh, glass. Uh, and uh, he posed the question, how do I get the error out of that glass? And someone, well, well if you've got to vacuum it or... Uh, or this or that, and he said, no, the easiest way to get the air out of that glass is to fill it with something that displaces that air. Uh, and as that is filled with something other than that air, uh, eventually all that air will be displaced out of that glass. I really do think that as Christians we focus on the wrong thing. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to make sure I don't do that. And no, ooh, not that. And I need to make sure that I focus on it. And, and our, we're obsessing by, uh, rather than casting down every imagination uh, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of Christ. But we cast it down by focusing on looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When we're meditating on the Word of God, when we're devotionally walking with the Son of God, it's amazing how our mind just naturally just naturally displaces, displaces those things because we're so focused on the right things. The Holy Spirit of God filling us, filling us, uh, rather than trying to combat, well, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to make sure that thing gets fixed. I'm going to fix that thing. Uh, no, no, we're just focusing on the wrong thing. We need to be focusing on endeavoring to keep the unity, the unity in the Spirit, in the bond of people, wow, he's not going to fight with me anymore. And I, boy, I, out. Uh, no, no, we're, we're doing it the wrong way. Boy, let's make sure that if you're not saved, well, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you're baptized into one body by the Spirit. 
Uh, you're also sealed. You're also sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. You have, if you're saved, you have all of the Holy Spirit of God that you'll ever have. Uh, you won't have less of the Spirit of God. Now, you can grieve him, you can quench him with that clamoring, that evil speaking, that disunity, that factioning, that biting and devouring. Uh, but, but the way we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God is when we're yielding, we're yielding, we're yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, I guess the question would be, what area of your life have you not yielded to the Lord as of yet? And that area, it's that area of your life that is not empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And that may be why relationships that you have are so tight and hard. That may be why you keep tripping up with that same sin. That may be why that forgiveness comes so hard, so hard for you, because, man, you just can't let that go. Well, let's make sure that we're yielding to the Lord and letting him fill every area of our life. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.